Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our scripture reading is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. This is the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. Whether they have God, because many false prophets have gone out into this world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us, he who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So for about the past... uh, month or so, I guess it was sometime in May, we started looking at angels and we talked about their different attributes, different characteristics, and we also talked a little bit about uh, demons as well, about maybe three or four weeks on each. This morning is kind of just a conclusion of, of that, kind of wrapping it all up, putting it all together, and we call it discerning the spirits, and that's what John is talking about here. And no doubt we have all heard of these miraculous stories about healing, about being saved from danger, and so on, things like that. We've all heard those stories, and and maybe you've even experienced some things like that in your life. And maybe you've heard people talking about their experiences with angels or demons or some other type of supernatural situation. And what I would ask you is to think about that. Think, and, and in particular, think about your reaction to the story. How do you handle what they say? Sometimes it's tough. You know, and on one hand, as I've said throughout this series, we need to be open to the possibility of angelic intervention in our lives. And we also need to be open to the possibility of satanic influences around us as well. But on the other hand, whatever we're hearing, whatever we're listening to, whatever we're saying, must also be in accordance with the the Word of God. For example, I once, uh, not too long ago, read of a story about a young girl who was very ill. Basically, she was on her deathbed. The doctors ran some tests, They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what was wrong. They could find nothing wrong. So they basically just said, send send her home. And so that's what they did. The mother cared for the daughter. The the daughter was just kind of in bed. And one day the mother heard a scratching sound at her door. So she opened the door, and there was a little tabby kitten there. And the little kitten had like little white fur around its ears and 
And as soon as she opened the door, the, the cat ran into the house, ran up the stairs, and jumped on the girl's bed. And of course, like most little kids, they love kitty cats, so you know that's wonderful for the kid. The girl was thrilled to have it and to, you know, to kind of keep it some company while she lay in bed. And the girl, or the cats, the, the kitten stayed with the girl for several days. And one day then, a few days later, the girl kind of woke up in the morning and her symptoms disappeared. She was fine. She was better. The next day after that, the kitten left and was never to be seen again. The mother, of course, thought this was an angel from God. And if you heard that story, if your friend or your neighbor was telling you that story, how would you react? And that's tough. Because there's no doubt in my mind that God would have healed that child. There's no doubt about that. But was that cat an angel? Well, as we've said throughout our series here, I've seen no evidence of angelic possession of either people or animals throughout our entire scripture. Demon possession, yes. So that means they have the ability to possess people and animals, but I've never seen it or read about it in scripture where angels possess people or animals. So was this an angel? Was this, some, was this cat possessed by an angel? I don't know. Did God maybe send this kitten to the house? Oh, I don't doubt that he can control that, sure. Did God heal the girl? Sure, no doubt about it. So whenever you're evaluating things that you hear and experiences of other people, it's very difficult because you, you, know, you, you kind of feel judgmental. And you don't want to you kind of just shun this person and say, oh no, you're crazy. An angel it doesn't come in the form of a cat. You, know, you don't want to say things like that. But as our scripture says today, you need to evaluate things with what the Bible says. To simply accept something as truth without verifying it against the Bible is very dangerous. And that's how John starts out. He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into this world. So apparently the people that John was writing to, they were just believing whatever someone told them. And they weren't verifying it. They weren't testing the spirits. They weren't comparing what they heard with what they would have in, in, in what we would call the Bible, in their scriptures. The Bereans, if you remember them, they did. They heard this teaching of, of Jesus' and the disciples, and they went and looked it up. And they pulled out their schools and they looked it up to see, is this really what, what they're talking about? That's what we need to be like. John associates the word spirits with false prophets, with false teachers, to make it clear that he's speaking about lies and heresies that are under the control of Satan. And he says the major test of a person is their view of Jesus Christ. Who does this person say Jesus Christ is? Do they say he is the Son of God? Do they say he was born to the Virgin Mary? Do they believe he was crucified and died and was buried and rose again 
the third day, and so on. So you can kind of go through the entire uh, Apostles' Creed that, that we sometimes have before our communion service. Does the person believe all of that stuff? So one of the, the things that you can ask these people is, what is your view about Jesus Christ? And if their answer compares and matches up with Scripture, they're from God. If the person denies any part of it, you know, if they say, oh yeah, Jesus, he was this guy from Nazareth. Oh, he was a great teacher. And, and he had these miraculous healing abilities. And, you know, and, and, and the Romans killed him because they didn't like him. But that was it. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a savior or anything. He was just a great teacher. That's wrong. We need to compare it with Scripture. And even sometimes, you know, you can't get out, especially in the winter. You know, you put on some television and, and you see these TV evangelists and so on. Some of them, some of them are excellent, don't get me wrong. Some of them are there for money, too. But compare, listen, really truly listen to what they say. How many times do they mention God? Probably quite a bit. How many times do they say Jesus Christ in reference to God? Some of them, not at all. So you really need to listen to what the people are saying. And even, even when you hear people praying in, in, in public, in particular, there's a, you know, a gathering of people, not necessarily in a church. In a church, you expect people to be Christians and believers of Jesus Christ. But anytime I'm praying, maybe just giving a blessing someplace, at, at a dinner or something to that effect, and I know that it's a mixed group of people, and, and in particular people that don't know me, I try not to end my prayer just by saying amen. I try to use the name of Christ to make sure that the people that are listening to the prayer know that I am a Christian, not just someone that says amen. And in fact, I had just, uh, just started a new book that I was reading here. And sometimes I get a little agitated when I read books because they're sometimes a little too liberal for me. And this book just so happened that this guy in this book said the exact opposite of what I just said. He said you shouldn't invoke the name of Jesus when you're praying in a kind of a mixed setting because you don't want to offend people. Uh, sometimes uh, Gina had, my wife Gina gets a little agitated then because I start going off about what I'm reading in these books. But if you're a believer of Christ, there's no need to be ashamed of that. And if the name of Christ offends people, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it is. Our goal isn't to offend people. The same thing about saying, you know, Merry Christmas rather than Happy Holidays. I don't say Merry Christmas to offend people. That's not my intent. It may offend people, but that's not my intent. The idea is that we need just to be aware, this is what John is getting at, we need to be aware that there are false teachers out there. In fact, kind of the next series uh, that we're going to launch into here next week, we're going to look at First and Second Peter, which deals with false teachers in particular, as well as some other issues. And the idea is we need to, to know that there are false Christians out there, let me call them false teachers, but we're not to be afraid of them 
Each and every one of us as believers of Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit living in us. That's why we cannot be possessed by angels. Because we are possessed by the Holy Spirit. And He guides us. And He leads us throughout our lives. And He leads us into sound doctrine. So as we listen to these different preachers and teachers, we compare not only what they think about Jesus, but we need to compare them with Scripture. And I know I, uh, before I started uh, doing both the Uniontown and the Bowdertown churches, I would leave Bowdertown and go back to Strongstown Church. And, and I know I would sit and listen to the pastor. And, and it, I know I try not to do it, but sometimes you say something that you don't really mean to say. It's like, oh, you said the wrong word or something like that. And, and I know I would question the pastor. I said, did you really mean to say this? He's like, no, and I knew you were going to ask that afterwards. And I said, I didn't think so, but I just wanted to check with you. But the Old Testament and the New Testament is what we need to compare our teachings to, compare what we hear to. Some people just focus on the New Testament, and that's wonderful. But there's a lot of value in God's Word in the Old Testament. A lot of examples, a lot of history, a lot of explanations that we that we read in the New Testament come from the Old Testament. And one of the things that I've talked about uh, with other people is, uh, for example, if someone starts preaching that we should stop eating meat, stop eating animals, because they're part of God's creation and we're supposed to love and, and do no harm to God's creation. And animals are part of His creation, so we can't eat animals. What are you going to think? What are you going to say? Well, most of us around here grew up maybe on farms. So not only did you eat the animals, but chances are you raised the animals. So it really doesn't you know, make a, a big difference to us. But there are people like that. And I know this sounds ridiculous, a, a ridiculous example to us, but are you going to listen to that person and say, oh, boy, you're right. Animals are part of God's creation. I need to repent of my sin of eating meat and, 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 I guess, be a vegetarian. Or are you just going to kind of chuckle at the person and think, oh boy, this guy belongs in the loony bin. Well, most likely you'll probably just ignore them and think to yourself, these people are crazy. In reality, though, you should take what they say and compare it with Scripture. Is there any validity to what they're saying? Does it say in the Bible that we shouldn't eat meat? And, for example, in this example, even though it's ridiculous, there is evidence in the Bible where it says, eat whatever you want. But there's also evidence that says, if you don't want to eat meat, you don't have to eat meat. If you want to be a vegetarian, that's fine. It doesn't matter if you're a meat eater or a vegetarian. It's not a salvation issue. You can get into heaven either way. So, in that case, whatever is on your conscience. If you feel badly about eating meat, there's nothing wrong with that. And if that other person feels badly that they can't eat meat, they just are vegetarian, there's no reason to condemn them. That's fine too. Again, the idea is simply to compare what people say to Scripture.
You know, do these people demonstrate a love for Christ in their life? If we come across something, like I said with this example of eating meat or not, that the Bible doesn't necessarily speak to, then we're free to make our own decisions, asking God for guidance. We don't need to be persuaded into someone else's belief, but we are to continue to love them and maintain a relationship with them. That's, and I've said this before, that's what Jesus was really about, is having a relationship with people and bringing people into a relationship with God the Father. And that is what our idea is. To not only evaluate things with Scripture, but to maintain a relationship with these people and to try to live out the truth of God's Word each and every day. So this week I would challenge you that whatever you hear, any teachings you hear, whether it's at your own church or at some type of fellowship meeting, Bible study, or if you're reading some type of daily devotional. I read the upper room every day. I don't always agree with what they say in there. Sometimes there's some outstanding meditations. Other times I shake my head. But I do so by comparing it to Scripture. And that is the point. That's what John is telling us. That's what we're to do. Compare and evaluate our things, not on what we believe, but what our Scripture says. That's what we're to do. Let us close with a prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank You for our time in Your Word this morning. And we thank You for this interesting study of angels that we have looked at over the past several months. We ask that You would continue to enable us to discern truth from error. Help us to be Your faithful servants so that Your name will be exalted above all. It's through Your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray and give thanks. Amen.